Welcome back, everybody. My Twitter has been blowing up this morning because I, just like you, am uh, so excited to welcome Umberly Gonzalez to the show. Welcome, Umberly and Oreo. Hello. <laughs> yes, we're both here. We're quarantine buddies for life now. <laughs> yes, it's awesome. Well, I again, in doing my prep, because I didn't know you, uh, when I invite uh, people onto my show, I usually know their work. I have seen their work, uh, and I, I have very specific things that I want to talk to them about. In your case, uh, Sujith uh, uh, Varighis, who's amazing, yeah. who, uh, who was your dad uh, on a TV show, he yeah. uh, recommended that I talk to you. And that's when I kind of started doing my uh, my dive and getting to know you. And of course, Oreo was all over uh, you know, Twitter and uh, IG, so I wanted him to be a part of the show too. He's excited too. Mostly anytime I get to hold him, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> My dog is bigger. We can't uh, we can't hold him. Uh, he's uh, you know sixty something pound. <laughs> um, yeah, he's fifteen, so manageable. <laughs> a little easier, um, but yeah, all dogs are are awesome. And um, you know, one of the byproducts of of this you know terrible uh, COVID time that we're going through is the fact that dogs can finally get the love that they deserve from us. So much attention. I know they're probably like, why are you here every day? <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, People love you. I mean, it's it's evident. Uh, it's it's not a joke. And uh, here's just the latest example. This morning, you know, on Twitter, you posted. Here's your tweet. How is everybody doing? How are your hearts, minds, and bodies? Are you drinking enough water? Still dismantling the supremacy, calling out racism, pressuring to defund the police, remembering the Stonewall riot, and celebrating Pride? Great. Just checking in, and I'm here for you. But you didn't just post it and kind of set something into the world and let it be. You spend, I don't know how much time going and answering questions and responding to people and offering love, kindness, support, advice. And you're going uh, the extra mile would probably be a wrong way of even saying that. What makes you do that? What makes you spend so much time uh, going through it? Honestly, I tell a lot of my followers this, even if they've just started following me or I've known them for a while. I really, truly am human just like them. Um, they get excited because, you know, when you see someone on TV and then they reply to you, it feels like there's this separation. But I want to get rid of that because yeah. I know what it, you know, what we're going through right now. This year has been so overwhelming. There's been so much and not to be general, but on top of a pandemic, we are, you know, almost realizing and revisiting the systemic racism and humanity, the injustice, the police brutality against marginalized bodies, people of color. We're going through a huge shift that doesn't just affect me, but everybody else. And people are in my thoughts. Um, all people are. And just as much as people check in on me, I want to check in on them, even if it's not someone that I'm super close with. But I feel like I have some tools that I can offer to to people where I can talk to them. I can, you know, have a conversation without judgment. I am so pro educating and having a conversation rather than blacklisting people or canceling people when we have different points of view. And I think that's important. And I've actually made great friends online through this platform and through Twitter and Instagram. And it, I think we need more of that. We need to support each other a lot more, hold each other accountable. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. For me, I have never really been an activist online. Um, I always felt like being quote unquote political, um, it just brought me a lot of fear. I, I felt like I didn't know enough or I wasn't educated enough. And this 
year has made me realize that it is my duty as a human being to stand up for what I believe in. Um, and I am going to make mistakes and that's okay, but I am also going to hold myself accountable and continue growing and learning. And I want to let people know that I am there for them through that process too. I think it's really important and maybe the world needed a bit of a shake like this. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so too. 2020 has been, uh, has been a very interesting year. It's been a tragic year for, for so many. Yeah. And yet I think it's, it's somewhat a year of awakening. Um, and hopefully when we look upon that year uh, in the you know, distant future, um, we look upon it as a year of a positive change. I really hope that that's the case. Yeah. I hope that it does create more unity and, and people do come to realize like the, the place that we live in and people's privileges versus other people's not the people who don't have that. And even us sitting here, you know, I, I am a person of color, but I, I also feel like I have such a huge privilege to be able to sit here in the comfort of my home, in the safety of my home and talk about my passion and my work and what I get to share with the world. You know, I, I didn't grow up here. I did flee a, a country that was in political turmoil at one point too. And my dad decided to take my brother and my mom and I out of there. That was a privilege in itself because my family doesn't get to experience that. But to have a platform and to get to follow my dream as an actor and share it with the world, that is something that I'll continue doing and still have a point of view through it all. It won't just be this like amazing thing that I'm doing, but I also realized that I get to also speak to the things that I believe in and fight for change. And because I am going to be part of this world for the next centuries, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if, if I'm going to be part of that world, I have to be part of the change too. And I hope that the people who follow me and come across my work and my platform, it will give them information and inspiration to do the same. Um, and it'll be a journey because I am also learning and growing. So I'm always, have all the answers, but I will at least have something to stand for. Yeah. Good. It's uh, and it's. Um, I know saying something is brave is a very relative term, considering you know people who are protesting and people who are dealing with things that are a lot different from what we're referring to. But uh, as an actor, um, you know, being brave of going out there and saying what is on your mind. Uh, it's a brave step because you don't know, uh, you know, in our world of, uh, of acting, it's very subjective and there are so many variables to it. And you saying one thing or another on uh, social media can be uh, potentially a death sentence to, uh, to a project. So it is a brave step and I commend you for doing it. Yeah, I think it's definitely the way I want to live. At least I know that much. So the yeah. stories and the projects that I'll be a part of. I will always be vocal about that. And I don't think, especially moving forward and after everything that's happening, I think we are going to need a lot more diversity and different stories to be told. And not just because of the color of our skin or, or our ethnicity to fill you know, a checklist, but because we're human and we have stories just like any other person. And the second we kind of take that away, um, you realize that you know, we do look different. We come from different parts of the world, but we have the same kinds of stories. We all go through suffering and growing, and I want I want to be able to tell that story without having the like Latina be at the forefront. You know, I am proud to be Latina. I'm very proud of who I am, but 
I am not just that. I'm so much more than that, right? And I, those are the stories that I believe in. And I hope that we can move towards that direction in the industry. And not just in front of the camera, behind the camera too, writers and like everyone that makes up the team, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I see positive steps in that direction. So it, it's good. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a white male. So, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's not like, you know, I can talk about uh, being disprivileged, but I want more diversity because I see people, my friends are people of all shapes and colors and, uh, you know, sexual um, um, persuasions. It, you know, I want all of that represented on screen because it makes the tapestry of life more interesting uh, to be a part of. So really, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like make TV it? like real life. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the whole point, right? I, I remember, you know, I'm 45 years old. When I when I started and I wanted to be an actor, my parents said, well, you're not good looking enough to do that. Uh, my <laughs> parents are old fashioned. I didn't take it the wrong way, I think. Um, but it, there was the stigma of you have to be the leading man type. Otherwise, you're not going to succeed as an actor. And that's just simply not true. There are parts for everybody. There are parts for uh, every every color, every age uh, group, uh, it's it's there because that's life. And I think right, more, stories, yeah. Yeah, more and more we see that on TV, which is great. Um, yeah. To follow up on last uh, last part that we were talking about, you being so accessible to uh, to people, which uh, I think is wonderful. Do you worry that as you get more and more busy, uh, that you won't have enough time to be as accessible as you are right now? For sure. And I've actually voiced this uh, to a few people who I talk to often or we engage. Um, I think Utopia Falls created such a beautiful fandom. It, yeah. it is a young demographic. It is, um, you know, people who are artists who felt inspired and encouraged to share their art as well. And so the reason that I've been so active is because I want to encourage that. I think art creates art. So the fact that a show that I was part of allowed other people to share their voice too and their art artistry in whatever way, dancing, singing, drawing. It's been so amazing. So mm. me reaching out, I've definitely gotten that response, which is, wow, no one has ever really taken the time to answer or or to even have any kind of words or response. And it's not like they expect an everyday thing or an entire monologue, um, but sometimes I've even voiced this in some of the lives that you know I go on and, and talk to, to my followers. I I share that and it's also one of my anxieties and I remind them that I'm also human and that I also need time for myself and to kind of, you know, process everything that's going through just like for them, it's new for them to talk to me. It's also new for me to talk to them. Uh, so I'm no different. I'm just going through a different side of it. And, and I try to give a perspective of what it's like for, I guess, the artists on this side of things. Um, it's amazing to receive that much love and support. I also, yeah, sometimes I feel this like guilt that if I don't answer right away or if I don't say something, they'll think I don't love them or I don't see them. So I try to always at least say something to the fact that even though I can't answer to all of you, I see you and I appreciate you and please keep making your art because it makes me so happy to see it. And when I can, I will reach out. And when I can't, to not take it personal because I think we're all going through life and we all wish we could kind of do everything all at once. I know I'm one of those people, but... Yeah. Um, at least the, the sentiment goes out there that I do see all of it and I don't take that for granted because I think we can create such a powerful support system that way. Yeah, and you are. And that's what I see. There's been a tremendous response just from me saying that I'm about to talk to you. And uh, <laughs> well, we're so excited because they all want 
for you to be seen and heard and appreciated for who you are. So it's it's great. It was very heartwarming to see. Yeah, it's so sweet. I'm like, I want you to be seen and heard too. You're valid. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you consider yourself an extrovert? I see you do a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, kind of reach outs. You're doing Instagram Live, yeah. doing all sorts of things. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm the kind of person that I will talk to strangers outside and I will, you know, I slackline a lot at the park and it's something that I love doing and I always love teaching people and I make so many new friends because of that. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I grew up in a country where everybody was always so charismatic and forward to to sharing even when you don't have a lot, you know, it's it's kind of how you create relationships and and that's true. I, I really, I always hold that with me, just the way that my family is towards strangers and people that you don't know or people who have less than you. I have always wanted to always be humble and and give. I am definitely a giver. And yeah, I enjoy that. Um, do you find, and again, you've mentioned, uh, you know, having your own anxieties and needing time to process. Do you find that with being an extrovert, um, you know, I consider myself an extroverted introvert. Um, yeah. I, I need my time alone. I need my right. silence. And I mean that in a literal way. I just need silence in order to kind of regroup and recharge. Do you find uh, similarities there or you kind of, you get energized uh, by being an extrovert and you don't need uh, kind of the long time? I think I probably lean more towards the latter. I do get energized by being an extrovert and engaging with people. Um, however, this year has shown me a different side of myself because I wasn't able to socialize as much or at all, really. Um, I live with my partner and my dog. So to have just like that small group of interaction and also I spent a long time by myself too. I found that, you know, I like gaming or drawing and listening to music or just like chatting with people online or dancing, doing videos, just things like that, that I don't have to do with other people, but I'm enjoying as well. It's still social in an aspect of it because, uh, you know, still engaging online. But yeah, I don't, I don't always need the time alone per se, but maybe sometimes away from social media or the things that I share or mm -hmm. simply even just in a day, just having to like go for a walk, take my dog out, exercise, do something for me. Um, but I have to say that if I had it my way, I would definitely just like be around people all the time. <laughs> Good. That's it's good to hear. Um, I know you again. You, you've mentioned that you uh, you grew up uh, well. Uh, growing up is a relative term again. You were yeah. born in, in Venezuela. Uh, you've uh, traveled quite a bit with your family. You started learning English in uh, Aruba. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I grew up in in Ukraine uh, or former Soviet Union. I came here when I was fourteen. Uh, here is in Chicago. Um, so I, I understand that aspect of it. I actually started learning English mostly because I am a poet, I'm a lyricist, and I couldn't share my poetry and lyrics with anybody because now it's in a different language. So oh my God, another struggle. <laughs> yeah, the whole part of me was cut off. My identity was no longer there. I learned English just so I can write uh, in English. Um, what was it like for you, again, being a very social person, being an extrovert, and now not knowing necessarily the language that most people speak around you. Oh my goodness. I, I still have so many memories from that. Uh, since I was like five or six, I always wanted to learn English. Um, okay. So I was actually in English classes in Venezuela uh, for years. 
nothing that would allow me to have a full on conversation, but things like I knew the colors and phrases and numbers and just little things like that. And we used to always put on like little shows, like singing shows. So I knew some of the Christmas music and just things like that. Um, but when I did leave Venezuela for good and we moved to Aruba, um, that's when things got very real for me because the international school I was in was obviously all in English and mm -hmm. I did have to go to school and then right after I had to go to ESL. So it's almost like having this like double learning curve. Like during the day I was so lost and I had no idea what I was being taught. And then when I go to ESL after English as second language, they would explain all of the things all over again in my language. And then I tried to like make sense of everything. So yeah. for schooling wise at the beginning, it was definitely tough um, with friends also, but there were a lot of Latin people in my school as well. So I had people who were translating at all times or, and that was really nice of them. Cause I'm like, I just want you to have fun, but like, you're all laughing and I have no clue why you're laughing. Um, yeah. So I definitely had feelings of like, you know, feeling left out, but I didn't let that get to me because it just kind of, it made me want to learn faster and more. So I actually was able to communicate in English, like within three or four months, I was already like doing pretty well. And I was able to carry on conversations. I was able to at least be in class and not be completely lost. So it didn't take me that long. I was about 12, I think 11, 12, when I learned English and I was like fully fluent. And then from then it's just been a journey of learning more words and working on my accent and things like that, just because I wanted to be an actor. but. Yep. a crazy ride the fact that i'm speaking to you in english right now and it's like perfectly said and like it, that was a dream of mine for so long so i always catch myself when people ask me that question i'm like oh the memories i i remember the struggle of learning a new language and like the frustration and the not knowing it right away and um but i think it taught me a lot about patience and how i do learn and the fact that sometimes you don't need language to talk to other people i did a lot of mannerisms and like song lyrics helped a lot like <laughs> learning songs yeah um for me again i was 14 so right you're you're a 14 year old kid you're in a brand new country you're going through puberty you're trying to figure yeah, out you're like the cusp of you know yeah. and yeah. the the esl class uh, i got put into an esl class and mm -hmm. i because some of the people that i kind of became friends with that were russian speaking they were in a different class i kind of just sat with them and right. realized after that they were basically in normal English and not ESL and people just allowed me to do that. So I think that helped my growth and within a short period of time I was speaking again. And so it's 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 a it's a very interesting process uh, yeah. of how you fit into a society whilst trying to figure out who you are. For <laughs> sure. And that's only based on language. Then there's you know learning about sarcasm and, yep. and all of these things was another layer that just like went right over my head so but it was fun because my friends i think enjoyed that and i had a lot of support through it which was really nice so um, um yeah my my first sleepover was uh with uh, with american friends who uh you know i think i was 15 and uh or maybe even still 14 and it was a sleepover it was the first sleepover and in ukraine we didn't do sleepovers that was not a thing so i go to a sleepover my parents are excited you're you're, you're assimilating bro uh and i get in there and then they're watching eddie murphy's raw and uh i couldn't understand a thing all i knew is that they said before 
very specifically, whatever you hear, do not repeat in school. Uh, so I, I, I knew that something was off, but I couldn't understand the thing. After you know, a while, when I watched it, I said, okay, got it. Now I yeah. know I wasn't supposed to repeat anything. Um, for those who haven't seen A.D. Murphy's Raw, look it up uh, and make sure that you're not at work because it's not safe uh, in terms of language. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first work of yours that I came across uh, in kind of doing my prep was uh, Anna Moreno, uh, which was a really lovely short uh, that kind of showed me the different aspects of you. And I know you created the uh, the character. Is that uh, how you see yourself? How you see the kind of the melding of the different parts of you? For sure. Um, yeah, I loved doing that. And the fact that I got to speak Spanish and English and showing the double self, I feel like growing up in South America and then now most of my adult life has been in North America. Mm. I do sometimes feel like this split. And it's very apparent to people who know me for a long time and they see me in both worlds, someone like my partner. Um, even yesterday I was laughing and because I was speaking in Spanish, even my laugh, my laughter is different. It's like yes. hearty and, and it has a different tone and it's, it's almost like I'm these two different humans. And when I started um, my acting path and like working professionally, I was really struggling uh, joining them both because I felt like sometimes acting in English, there was this barrier and it wasn't as grounded and it didn't hit me as hard as when I heard this, the, the words in Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. My agent told me that, you know, there's like this glitter and this glimmer in your eye when you speak in Spanish and sometimes it's not there when you speak in English. And I'm like, well, of course, because it's put on. It's almost like this assimilation, like this assimilated umberly, like the North American perfect and prim, like don't be too Latina, don't, don't take up too much space, don't be this like fiery person that I think I took on that mentality when I moved to Alberta and like maybe I was a little too intense like coming from island life to like Alberta and you know there weren't really that many Latinos in my school I was in like the white school so I felt like I had to really shift a lot to try and fit in um and I carried that with me for too long and I had kind of lost that Latin fire and that you know that there's nothing wrong with that and I guess in making this short, I wanted to show that um, why I, there was a separation and, you know, there's like political talk in there and a little bit of like fleeing a country. And and yeah. when you get the opportunity to be in a new country and, and pursue something, uh, sometimes you have to kind of play into it so that you can fit in. But don't get lost. You know, I was like, do not lose yourself just because you're trying to fit in. Um, so I was trying to remind myself of that. And then at the end, you kind of see them like amalgamate and fuse into one and that's kind of what I'm trying to do now that you know I, I do have this very passionate extroverted loud um kind of like unashamedly myself side to me that could be very you know intimidating or or like intense for some people but it's also who I am and where I come from so I'm okay with it now <laughs> yeah you have to be you um what I found in my you know 45 years of existence is that until I allowed myself to merge those aspects of myself into one, uh, I was never happy. And yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it was a job. I thought it was something. It's not. It's yeah. your it's internal thing. That's it. So For sure. And I think from that moment on, I really feel like my work as an actor really changed. I think my time at CFC like made a lot of pennies drop, and it, it shifted my work into a more 
transparent and uh, like engaged and like really it was so tied into who I really am that anytime I got any opportunities after that, it was so authentic to me that it was the reason I was getting that many opportunities and I was being said yes to and people were like, I see you and I recognize the truth in your work. We want to work with you. And I think, yeah, my career just kind of like really elevated after that. And it wasn't a, a magic trick. It was just me seeing myself, allowing space for myself and being okay with being seen, truly. Um, which is not easy. And I think I've been told that like forever in theater, you know, being grounded, connected, like it comes from you, all of these things that I was like, okay, but how do I like embody that? Yeah. And it finally kind of clicked. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. And um, the uh, path of acting is a, is a circular one. You start out being yourself and then you go away from that. Hi, Aria. Um, you go away from that and you try to be somebody else and you try to find the truth in that work. And then eventually you come back to your you. Yeah. And yes, yeah. your other characters, but it's still you. I know. Uh, and that's when it clicks. So uh, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I'm like literally laughing so hard because it's so true. And when I have people ask me for advice or, you know, they're starting out and the first thing I tell them is um, don't try to fit into somebody else's mold or don't try to be like this character or this person. Um, it's okay to be inspired. And I think the reason we're inspired is because that person is being so themselves that you want that too. So I always tell, you know, pe people who want to go into acting and want to start, I'm like, find yourself, like hold yourself accountable. Um, you know, find the things that you love, how you love, how you get angry, your, your triggers, the, like, who are you in real life? What's your point of view? What do you stand for? And like, all of those things are going to come in handy for when you take on a character. Cause then you just kind of see, okay, like this is Umberly, this is Brooklyn to say, um, mm -hmm. I know there's similarities, but I also know there are differences. So I either have to add or take away things. And that's a great way to start at least. Mm -hmm. Knowing yourself is like the best platform, the best like going on point. That way you can just, yeah, enhance that and keep growing that because you'll always be growing. It's true. Uh, and it's interesting as I was looking at your work and I see moments where you are extremely vulnerable and mm -hmm. sensitive. And then there are moments when you're fire and you're strong and it's, you know, people can say, oh, she has a range. Uh, to me, it just means that these are all aspects of you that you're able to bring out in another character. So, sure. uh, yeah, that's once people get that, once people understand that it's you and then you in another environment, then uh, the work takes off. So I'm glad. 100%. Um, good. Glad we're on the same track. Some people don't want to acknowledge that and they say, no, 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 never be yourself. You have to be somebody else. And um, I remember uh listening to an interview with the actor whose name escapes me right now but he's a you know uh, um, he's a oscar winning actor and he was basically said look i was getting all of these awards for playing these different characters and he said it's all me it's different aspects of me yeah. uh I'm, I'm happy you're awarding me for it but it's just me so it's uh, that's I mean, everybody has their own way of achieving those characters. And I understand that if I play something that I've never experienced in my life, it's not going to be me per se, but there's some aspect of my life or my understanding of life and my emotions that I'll be able to pull from so that it 
feels authentic and real. So it's not necessarily that I've been in this scenario very specifically, but because it isn't that, you know, life is it's moments and it's emotions and it's the way that we go through it. Like, so I always feel like there will always be something in my life that I can always pull from, which is why, you know, my work will always be changing because as I keep experiencing life, my work will continue to be embellished by it you know it, it'll add more nuances and and different types of the way that I do something and like that's the exciting part of my work is that it'll never just be the same like I'm not I haven't just reached the end all be all and that's it like I hope not oh my goodness I hope to look back to Utopia Falls in years to come and be like wow this was my first series regular role where I got to take on so much and like look how far I've come and look at all the things that I've learned since um yeah I Look forward to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's you're never gonna stop growing. It, it's a continuous uh, process. Uh, you know, on my Instagram account and Twitter and uh, other uh, parts of social media for my show, I post quotes from uh, from different actors. Yes, and, uh, great. Today, <laughs> uh, today I saw a quote that kind of really uh, really hit me from uh, Meryl Streep, which I posted, which said, you know, yeah. during the whole year I can dedicate four maybe five months tops. To my acting work, and I think that really needs to uh, to be a reminder for everybody of have a life. You know, yeah. acting is part of it. You have to know you. You have to continue growing, like you said, as you, and that will allow you to uh, to be a, a great actor. Uh, if all you are is acting, 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 it's it's not going to work. Yeah, and what are you going to pull from? You know, it's like our hardships. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of the things. I welcome it all because I know that. Ultimately, that's going to enrich my work and not that every time I experience something I'm like use it for acting like I let myself really feel it and and I let myself go through every emotion It's not something I always used to do uh, Because I wanted to just be like positive positive only good vibes only and like all of these things and I realized that I was actually stopping myself from this other wealth of emotions that that I didn't want to feel because they didn't feel good um, so I've really like shifted that point and I'm like, I'm going to let myself feel absolutely everything, not live in it forever, but at least know that this also is part of me, that I'm not just good things only, that I, there is also bad and hurt and trauma and pain. And that's okay. Cause that's where we grow and learn from the most. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Meryl, oh, she's who's I like, she's everyone's idol. She's incredible. I can't even. Yeah, it's amazing that woman. Um, what what you were just saying, and yes, I I, I think Meryl is is awesome. And Meryl, <laughs> uh, what I love about her is, you know, yes, she's an incredible, uh, instinctive uh, actress, but she's a real person. She yeah. doesn't pretend to be anybody else. Uh, she is very grounded, and she's just a normal human being. And yeah. she is an amazing actress. And that's what I to be I aspire to do that I don't aspire to be somebody who uh, you know dives into a role never comes out and is that character for three months and then right. doesn't who they are at the end of it that's not what I want to do I want right. to be me and then be able to play somebody else when I choose to yeah. um, what uh, when you were talking about allowing yourself to feel all of these emotions um, the the beautiful cartoon that uh, that came out a couple of years ago, where uh, we're inside this uh, young girl's uh, um, head and all of the different. Inside you know, Out? Huh? Is that the Pixar movie Inside Out? 
Inside out, yes. And, yeah. and uh, how important sadness uh, was uh, to keeping that balance and going through it. So, yeah, yeah I, that that was a really touching, uh, beautiful uh, uh, piece of art that I yeah. really suggest everybody watch if you haven't uh, had a chance to. It put it um, so perfectly when it was happy, sad, and you learn about melancholy. And it's just like, oh my gosh, emotions are so complex. And, yeah. and that's why we need to feel all of them because it's almost like, you can't know happiness without having the opposite. You can't know, you know what I mean? You need to, it's yin and yang. You need to have both. And, and I know that, you know, especially in the last year and things like this whole like positive vibes only has been pushed upon us that it almost doesn't allow people to feel the, the not good, the bad. And, and that, that creates a lot of shame and guilt that when you're not having a good day and you can't share happy happy thoughts that you're instantly like shamed into like, no, you should be happy. You should do And it's like, no, I don't believe in that anymore. And I'm so sorry if I ever was that person. I think at one point I was that I was just like, nope, just be happy. Look at the bright side of things. Like it's a difference to be realistic and a pessimistic, but you need that. You need to have the moments, you know, you need to let it go through you and know what it's like to feel that so that, when you have the opposite and it will come when you're down you will go up you can appreciate it also and that's okay that's like being human and i yes watch inside out it's such a good movie i love pixar i've seen every pixar movie it's yeah it's life and i think that's where the intention of positive vibes only is perfect the intention is to remind you to be positive but because we try to get everything into bite-sized chunk uh, uh, things, then yeah. we miss the overall objective of it. The overall objective was never to only feel positivity. Right, and was, only, it felt like that, and I was like, oh, that's scary, and I don't, yeah. The wrong, like, wrong kind of uh, wrong approach. Uh, people need yeah. to feel a whole uh, range of emotions. We are humans. You know, yeah. life is, is, a, is a never ending, all you can eat buffet, and there is everything in it that, uh, that you can take. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I try to like. How do you explain to? I have a uh, you know a daughter who'll be sixteen uh, this year and a son who'll be eleven. How do you explain life to uh, to the kids as they're growing up and they see uh, they're used to uh, be uh, in a loving environment. They're used to be in an accepting environment. And then how do you explain that there is a whole other side and hatred and ugliness and drama and tragedy? How do you explain that to them so they understand that all of that happens, but it's okay, and I don't need to be in that all the time? So, you know, me naturally, I'm trying to, you know, figure out different analogies, and all you can eat buffet is one of those. Yeah, that's good. I think it's important to, as parents. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I I always imagine that that is a very tricky part of it because we can't just kind of protect forever and we need to kind of see everything all of the things that are happening in life and the good the bad the ugly all of those things and i appreciate that that you're doing that because it'll only create someone who's a lot more open-minded and can empathize with people when they're not in the good vibes only mentality and i think that's important to to be able to at least hold space for those people that are not always happy and to offer support you know for her friends and and family you never know like it comes back to Right. Yeah. Uh, my wife, as a matter of fact, uh, two days ago, uh, she was complimenting my daughter. Uh, my wife was, you know, she works a lot and she felt overworked and uh, very tired and not enough sleep. And uh, my daughter picked her up 
you know, my wife started uh, not not to overemphasize things, but started feeling um, uh, more negative uh, as opposed to uh, kind of her usual, you know, sunshine uh, self. And my daughter immediately picked her up and got her out of that. And they went and they, you know, did stuff together. So it works. So I, I was so proud, you know, uh, oh. to, to, it's great. Um, coming back to, to acting, um, and uh, one more short that I, I really enjoyed uh, watching, which was the motorcycle project. Um, oh. How is that going? Was that, you know, I saw a bunch of, uh, you know, likes and uh, and things. Is that something that potentially is going to get picked up? Because I'd like to see it. No clue. I mean, it was part of the IPF project, so we made a trailer yeah. to get funding. Um, so because once we didn't get it, it didn't really go anywhere. Um, but it was such a cool concept, and I loved working with Elise. And everyone involved was just – it was such a fun thing that we could have done. You know, we had the ideas of, like, potentially going to South America and shooting and, like, having all of that. Obviously, right now, it's probably even less so that it will happen because we can't travel. But um, you never know. I think it's one of those projects that is, like – there in the back burner of the creators. Uh, me being just an actor and part of it, don't really have any, yeah. any say in it, but you never know what can come back. I think sometimes ideas and concepts take years and to refine and, and then maybe it'll be the right time to do it again. But either way, being, doing that trailer was still so exciting, yeah. Yes, it was great, I loved it. Um, what made that uh, kind of the light bulb of acting is my thing uh, happen for you? Oh my gosh. I feel like there's been so many moments, but when I knew that, mm -hmm. that I really, really wanted to do it was definitely when I was at NTS in Montreal. Um, it was like three years of conservatory. And yeah. on my last year, uh, third year, we got to work with Don McKellar and he kind of wrote this, short like a, a, sh a little short for all of us like based on my entire class it was like 12 of us and he wrote a short for us and we got to come to Toronto and film it for a week uh, Martha Burns was there she was like our mentor and we got yeah. to kind of see everything that it took to create a film which I had never even been in a set I had never I knew yeah. nothing I didn't know what continuity was or what her look marks anything it was just so new for me because I was only in theater and I already loved theater. So I was like, yeah, you know, like I'll continue with theater. I don't know if it'll be a full on career. I know that it's tough and like all of these things. But then when I got to work on that project, uh, that week was eye opening because I loved it. There was something about the moments and the being able to restart and creating new moments within the film. And it was the first time that I I felt the work really work for me. It was, you know like small and nuanced and like TV was just so different. It was a different machine. The film ended up going to TIFF and I got to go to TIFF in 2015 and like see our little premiere in the TIFF shortcuts. And that was so cool seeing it in the big screen and all of my classmates. And I was like, I need to do this. Like I want to go into film. Um, I had made that decision like right there and then. And during that time I had just started my collaboration and like my partnership with my agent. So her seeing that it was just very exciting for her too. And like, we were all there together. And since then, honestly, I have not done theater since I graduated. I've only ever done film, TV, voiceover, video games. It's all been in like a very digital media type thing. Um, I would do theater again. I think it would have to be a very specific show and project because it does take longer, 
but uh, I just love, yeah, it was a moment of like, this is going to be my life. So bring it. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Uh, and you work your way up. You've certainly done, uh, you know, TV and shorts and other things until you kind of got to, I, I don't know, what, what was that springboard? Was the in the dark kind of the springboard for you or is it? You that was the first time that I worked with a big network uh, mm -hmm. and that I had more than two episodes in a show. I think I right. did nine, seven or nine, something like that. It was a lot. And it was the first time I got a taste of like being in a project and having a bit of an arc in a way and and it was like big guns you know it was like cw i was like oh my goodness like here we go <laughs> the cw picked me up so that was definitely like that year actually in all because i shot two movies that year which were also lead roles and i had never shot a lead role in a movie so that was also a whole other experience that i was like oh my gosh maybe i can do this and they were both horror films which i love i'm a huge horror buff so that was exciting, but definitely in the dark, that was 2018. And then going into 2019, it was just like, so, so many things happened. Like last year was huge for me. I, I feel so grateful to have experienced that. Um, and knowing like the possibilities of that and that momentum and knowing that even though right now I'm not working, um, it'll be slow to start up again, but I know that it will come back and the arts never die. And especially TV and film, it's like, it'll, there'll always be more stories. Um, so I'm excited for when that happens again. Yeah. And you have a lot of projects, you've done a lot of stuff that's supposed to come out this year. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if it got pushed or it's still coming out. Uh, it's still coming. Uh, it's just post-production obviously. And like things kind of slowed down because of the pandemic, but yeah, I recently did uh, ADR for two of my projects, so I got to see footage, and it's one of my favorite parts of the process, too, because after, you know, it's like months after you shoot it, you get to see your scenes, and it's always fun to be like, oh, my God, that's what it looks like. But, yeah, there's about, like, four things that are in the works that are coming out for different projects, so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's jump back to Utopia Falls. Um, mm -hmm. You got to do... Uh, singing and dancing and acting. You know, I know you love. I know you love singing and dancing, but you know, loving it and doing it at home uh, is different from doing it on screen or in a studio that you got to record in. How was that for you in terms of kind of that transition and saying, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Honestly, like being a triple threat is like that was a gift as a as an actor who loves all aspects of expressing herself like dancing and singing have always been a part of my life even before acting like i was singing and dancing since i was a kid so you know being able to work professionally as an actor and then being all of these other talents being called upon was like oh here we go it was very overwhelming at first because then i was like yay i booked it and then i was like oh my God, that means that I have to dance in front of the camera and this is going to be there forever and I have to sing. I've never sung in a professional recording studio. That's going to be an experience. I'm so excited. It was like exciting and scary, but everybody around me was so supportive. We had incredible mentors and we had an incredible artistic team that just, it, you know, they were like, you are the person for this. So there's no doubt about that. So all you have to do is believe in yourself and just keep doing the hard work. Um, I think the most challenging part of it was definitely the dancing. Um, I love improvising dancing. You know, I go out and dance all the time. I mean, not now, but I used to. And it's different doing that and then doing choreo and having to like do it over and over for film, you know? 
so I had to practice a lot and honestly it was great because I mean it kept me in shape but also I realized that you know with practice really does come perfect and I honestly practiced every day like it took me hours and like you know dancing at home dancing wherever I went I was always like one two three four five six seven eight like it was just like a constant thing because I wanted it because I wanted it to feel comfort comfortable in my body and um, the great thing about TV and film is that if you do mess up they could either cut to somebody else or you're gonna redo it so there wasn't this huge fear of it being live um, I have done live and it's a lot different because I I've done a lot of musicals in my life but this was just another layer of like okay there's marks there's the camera there's the whole thing light studios camera like it was just incredible I literally when I was singing from the fire and I was on that stage with this entire outfit like I felt like a real pop diva and it was dream come true like we had an actual audience and we have everyone every time that it ended it was just like oh my god yeah I will never forget that it was such a cool experience yeah it, it kind of had that uh, feeling of you know being on the voice in the later in the later round oh, really? I was like this is my audition <laughs> yeah. yeah it was very cool um okay Let's uh, let's talk about kind of the timing of it, right? Because Utopia Falls came out yes. uh, on February 14th, and then three months later you had the horrible killing of George Floyd, and then you had all the protests that kind of uh, you know started around that time. Um, the show is you know very apropos. Um, how was it for people who were you know following the show and cast, and then getting everything uh, kind of uh, you know, in a way being wrapped up into what is happening in reality. For sure. I mean, the show itself has all of these themes. Um, yeah. Even the, the Utopia Falls page shared that clip that it said, um, it's Robin Alomar discovering, she plays Aaliyah, and she's discovering um, what it means to protest. And, you know, she's like, show me, show me signs of peaceful protest. And what is like what does it mean for one to stand up to its own government um these themes of discovery of you know utopia falls has a way of sharing like the solutions and the problem without actually naming it you know because in the world we don't see race or we don't see our sexual orientation they just are um and so because of that it oh my god it's so relevant to everything that's going on now that you know, even in their future and years to come, there's still things that they're fighting against and there's still always something to fight for and someone doing something wrong to us that we have to like free ourselves from. And it's like history really does repeat itself. And I guess now it's like, we don't want it to keep repeating. We want to make work, make art, stand up, actively seek, put, keep the pressure on to all of these things that these are not new concepts. The, you know, all of these things have been happening from the beginning of time and centuries. And it's like the fact that the show came out now and all of this is happening. I'm like, this is where our artistry needs to go. We need to be telling these stories for exactly this reason, because the kids that were watching the show have now learned about things that maybe they hadn't heard before and they could use the show as a tool to understand what's happening in the world now. So it's like, okay, I saw in Utopia Falls this, how they are discriminating against this one person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because we had so much diversity in the show, our two leads are black and we, you know, it's incredible that they are able to kind of like make a connection and relate back to it and be like, I understand this and I do believe in this. Although it's on my TV and I look up to these actors, um, 
these actors are also going through that same thing that they're struggling with in the show. So it just, like you said, it's a circle of life, life and acting and artistry. It just keeps coming back to, we need to stand up for this. We need to do better. We need to keep like sharing those voices so that hopefully they create an impact hard enough and long enough to like, you know, it, how do you say that? It's like when you put a pebble and it creates these ripples through time. Like I know that Utopia Falls is one of those ripples for sure. It feels like it. And um, again, I, I, I didn't watch Utopia Falls as it, as it came out. I just started doing my research on it, uh, you know, a number of days ago. And it, the first thought that came to mind was, wow, you know, this, this was, uh, you know, very relevant and uh, came out at the right time. So good for the show, good for you. And uh, it's, it's good that it's happening because, again, I, I'm, I have a feeling that it's all a positive change. Now there's, uh, there's a lot of ugliness to change um, and uh, it's going to happen. But hopefully it's a, it's a springboard and something that we can, uh, you know, build up and sure. change people. So, um, I want to talk about beauty a little bit. You're you're a very beautiful woman. Uh, when when I look at you, I see kind of Marina uh, Bakari. I see you know uh, Gal Gadot. I see you know young Catherine Zeta Jones. So um, you are who you are, and that's a part of uh, kind of what you bring into the world. In terms of uh, you being on IG Live. Um, I looked at some of the comments that, that were popping up. A lot of the comments are wonderful and they're asking you about, you know, things that you're doing or, you know, kind of uh, you, you are cooking uh, or they were asking about Oreo. And some of the comments have to do with your looks. You're doing an incredible job of not paying attention to it, not letting it affect you, at least outwardly, uh, and just, you know, continuing on. Does it affect you? And how do you deal with that? Uh, because you have a lot of people that focus seems uh, to be focused on that or solely on that and i un understandably so i think we live in a society now that puts a lot of emphasis on our outer shell and what we look like and you know for years a lot of companies and you know commercially itself you know they prey on our insecurities to make money off of us, especially women who are not comfortable in their skin. And there was always like this new product that can fix this and this new hair product. And this is, you know, flat tummy, this, this, there's like this oversensitivity of like how to be better and more beautiful. And we've lost touch with like the inside of that. And I grew up in a country that honestly, one of the most things that they're proud of is Miss Venezuela. So even in my own country, beauty is marked as like the most amazing thing about you. It should be like your number one focus. Um, people always have their hairs and nails done. There's always this thing of like, oh, are you gonna wear that? Like you should wear more makeup, you should do this. Even within my own family, um, I've had moments in the past where my mom comments on the fact that I'm not wearing enough makeup or like I should not be wearing that, I should wear this. And I'm, I've always fought against that and I'm like, I'm with my family, I'm comfortable and I'm okay with not having to wear like, you know, all of these things to cover up what a zit that I got. Like, yeah, it makes me self-conscious. I'm not going to lie about that. But I've come into my own skin so much more now that I want to make sure that, you know, I can accept a compliment and I appreciate that. But I I can also give it right back. And you better believe it, too. It's, like, it's not just this one way thing that I'm like, you're beautiful. And I'm like, thank you. I feel beautiful. I am confident. I do things to make myself feel good. But I do it for me, not for the rest of the world. You know, it's like 
we need to shift that because I know for so long the whole world wants to take advantage of the fact that we aren't we aren't enough and um, I want to encourage people to not just feel good on the outside but also on the inside it matters so much and I know that that's so cliche but I've had people reach out to me even on private message feeling like, you know, it's like, I wish I looked like you. I wish I was like you. You're so successful. You're so beautiful. And I don't put energy into that. I also put en I put energy into the fact that like, hey, you are brave enough and vulnerable enough to come out and tell me this. That makes you a beautiful person. Um, people who put energy into just what you look like, um, they're probably insecure themselves. So sometimes that hate comes from hate too. Uh, don't make it mean something about you. Only you can make that real. And just things like that, that it's like, we get lost in the noise of the world and the beauty, the beauty machine of the world and all of these like beautiful models and social media influencers and all of these things. And like, it's very easy to, t to get caught up on that. And for me, I will always kind of have the voice of the other side, which is, I know I'm beautiful. I have my mom and dad to thank for, who are also very beautiful people. Um, I love my skin. I love my hair. I love my imperfections too. Like people always come out with that perfect. And I'm like, it makes me more self-conscious when people say that. Cause I'm like, that's not really a compliment. I don't want to be perfect. Um, I have this fear that people only want to be related to me or want to hang out with me because I am beautiful or because they think that I will get more things because I'm beautiful and that it's a privilege to, to have that. Um, and especially in relationships, for sure that's come up. It's a, an insecurity where in a way that I want to be looked at past this, you know, and I hope that that's why I have to grow as a person and be vulnerable and open to in my work so that I can allow people to see inward so that the outer shell also means something. It isn't just like a beautiful face. I I don't want to just be friends with people who are beautiful and then they are just shitty people on the inside. You know what I mean? I'm like, that. what's inside matters more to me because I'm going to be spending time with you and sharing my life with you. So I want you to be beautiful inside and out and I want you to believe that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's true. And again, this matters more. People may see this first, but... Yeah. This is what matters, and um, um, so many, so many times it's interesting that you know, um, and we get impressions of people. It's all you know how we are perceiving, and it's all energy. And um, when you see somebody and they may be beautiful on the outside, and you're like, no, that's that's nuts. There's something, there's something different there, and that something different is you're perceiving that that person is not you know all that insight here. So uh, it's it's an interesting thing and um you know in acting uh and let's let's kind of give a reality check to all the young girls who are watching and they want to become an actress and uh they are uh you know beautiful on the outside let's let's give a little bit of a reality check of being beautiful as a as an actress means that yes you may get some doors open for you uh, mm -hmm. your talent is what's actually going to open the doors but your looks have some to do with it but that also means that you're going to get put into more of certain types of roles. Uh, yeah. That means that you'll be put in situations where you were just, uh, you know, in a project where you uh, were filming a uh, an intimate scene with uh, with a co-star. Uh, he got inadvertently aroused. That was a very awkward thing for everybody. So being the outside beautiful shell is going to put you into more of those situations than me. I I'm not. 
I haven't been asked to play a romantic lead, which is good. I don't have to have that conversation with my wife. Uh, but it's it's that uh, reality check. So what have you found, you know, based on the outward expression of uh, of you, what are some of the pros and cons of it in terms of the acting uh, part? For sure. I mean, at first, like you said, um, the second people see me, they've already made up some kind of idea of who I am, how I've lived my life, um, how easy it must be for me. Um, not just because of the beautiful thing, but now sometimes being a person of color in the industry where diversity is something that they want more of, they almost disregard my work um, and who I am as a person and also the hard work I put in. Like, oh, you got the part because they want diversity. Or, oh, you got the part because you're like really pretty and like they want something like that. And it instantly like stops everything on the inside, which is no, like I'm working just as hard as you. I am not just given these parts. I wish people just called me up and said, hey, do you want this role in this part? Like, heck no. I am, you know, I'm learning the lines. I'm doing the work. I'm digging deep. I'm emotional. I'm open. I'm frustrated. I get anxieties too. I get overwhelmed. I want it so bad. So when I get the opportunities, I don't want it to just be down to, oh, it's because you're Latina. Oh, it's because you're pretty. Um, I really don't believe that's the case. I truly don't, and I may be naive for thinking that, but I really feel like my work, because of where it's at and how grounded it is at the moment, that's what's opening the doors for me. And I'm not scared to look ugly on camera or to cry and be angry on camera, to show those those ugly parts of myself. Like, I invite that. I want that because that, again, disrupts the beauty idea that we are just perfect and we don't cry and we don't feel ugly things like I get mad I get frustrated I've lied and I've and I've done bad things and like all of these things make me me because I'm human um this skin I was born with I can't change that so I have to move past that to prove my work you know like you have to fight against the fact that they're gonna box you in into the pretty girl the girl next door the ingenue the whatever and i actually remember one of my mentors at nts told me that she sat me down before i graduated and she was like don't let people box you in don't let you know don't let them tell you that you're just gonna play the pretty girl or the you know the the girl who comes out on top she's like you have a lot of depth not just like all humans do, but you really do. She's like, I see this in you, and I encourage you to dig deeper than just looking and finding the perfect outfit and looking good and look like all of these things that like I did grow up with. Like, better look good before you step out that door, or like, you know, make sure you're wearing makeup and your hair's done and blah 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 and all of these things that like, as a woman, I felt growing up. But now I'm like, I'm gonna embrace the other side of it, which is I don't always like wearing makeup, and you know, I can wear baggy clothes and not show off my curves because that's not feminine enough. Like. All of these things in the industry that we can break past. I think we're so past that now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like just because you're a strong, independent woman doesn't mean that now you're bitchy or that you're bossy or that, you know what I mean? Like there's all these labels that we have. And I'm just like, I'm just here to be me and break all of that. And I can Great. be beautiful. I can also be whatever else I want to be. Like just because I'm not wearing makeup and my hair's not done doesn't mean I'm not beautiful. Thank you. Like I, I love that. Give me the morning look. Like it's just, it comes from within for sure. And that confidence for me, it just comes from knowing that I won't always be this like 10 out of 10 person. And I'm okay with that. Well, I think you are. Oh, I think you are. And it doesn't have. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one, one has nothing to do with the other. It's just, 
how you feel and where you're at, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, of potential stereotyping or potential typecasting, your two biggest roles uh, thus far, you know, before all the other things come out, have been playing an LGBTQ uh, character. Uh, you have lots of fans in the in the community. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you ever worry that somehow that'll close some doors for you if you're perceived to be a certain uh, you know type of role? I don't think so, and I I hope not. But okay. I also feel like you're also past that, right? Um, right? I never outwardly have to say this is who I am. This is my label. I've been very open with well, my people who are close to me and even on lives recently, because I've been asked that. A lot of my roles are part of the LGBTQ community and I consider myself part of that community as well. It isn't outside of my realm of who I love and who I interact with. Mm -hmm. I've always said that I love people for who they are and it doesn't matter how they identify or who they love. Like if we vibe, we vibe and I'm okay with that. Like I've always felt that um, and I don't have to like label it or put a name on it. And I think for me as a person, I'm not misrepresenting myself because I feel like I'm part of that community as well. Whether people know about it on social media or I've posted about it, like that doesn't matter. It's who I am and I live truly and love who I want. Like it doesn't matter to me. Um, if my work is gonna tell me uh, we don't want you because you're part of this community or you, you you represent this, then I don't want to work with them either. Like it's a simple as that, right? And ultimately they're lost because I was going to give you the most honest, authentic work that you could have had for this character. So if you don't want me, then thank goodness, like your true yeah. colors are shining. <laughs> like that's how I feel. No, it's great. Uh, it's more, more from the acting perspective of, you know, some, uh, some of my friends who are gay men. You know, will they be able to play somebody who's straight or having the stigma of, well, you're gay. Can you play somebody who's straight or somebody uh, conversely, somebody who's straight that played a gay character then being labeled of, OK, he's gay. He can't play straight anymore with women. I think it's it's different. Uh, hopefully as a society, we're more mature than that anyway. But um, what I uh, wondering about is not from the, you know, people who are watching this who are saying you know it's like with me in a in a slight way of uh you know not only playing uh russian speaking characters you know just because i'm a you know a bi bilingual and just because I, I can do the russian accent doesn't mean that right. that's the only type of role i want to play what you're talking about is appropriate representation on screen which yeah. i'm all for i always want people to find the perfect person that fits that character um yeah. especially when it comes to playing different ethnicities like for someone like me I know that I can be very um ethnically ambiguous and I've been told this and I'm like okay but I will never play outside of my realm of reality like within the Latin world I can do different accents uh but I will never represent someone from a very specific group of people um like I'm not Mexican or Mayan like there's the indigenous Mexican people and like there's a role that I had been um offered or like offered to audition and I was like I'm not comfortable in doing this because there's other people who can do this better because it has to do with like a very specific cultural representation and that I'm not comfortable in doing um when it comes to that for sure I'm all for like find the right person when it comes to trans actors find real trans actors that can do this role don't pretend to be trans like those things I'm like yeah definitely find those people I think when it comes 
for me as an actor, as a woman playing, playing gay or straight, um, for me, it isn't playing. Maybe people like people don't know this or I don't know. I'm like, I don't like people maybe label me as straight and I don't consider that to be my label. They they're putting that onto myself. Um, but that's also none of people's business either. Like who I love, I will just love freely and, and that's it. But when it comes to the industry, for sure, I think there's people who kind of blacklist that. And I think it is different for men too, even though I have friends who have played gay and straight and they are gay in real life. And ultimately we are playing. It is a story that is being told. We have the capability of falling in love with different people on screen. It's a lot different than playing a different race, which I don't think that's okay. I will never play anything outside of my own. Like can't do it cause I'm not that. So find the actual actor that will represent that for sure. Yeah, um, love is love. I mean, Birdcage yeah. is, is one of my favorite movies, and it's maybe after the first two minutes you stop thinking uh, in terms of uh, oh, these are two men. You start thinking in terms of this is these are two humans, beautiful people, uh, and they have relationship that I've experienced a lot of the same things in my relationship, and you know, I have a wife and I'm straight. So all of that is is just silly labels. Uh, it's all about for sure, I live by example. That's all it is for me. I know we come from a place where labels sometimes are very, very important for people to even survive. They need those to make sense of who they are and and to own that. For me, um, I think I'm always seemed as straight and like I'm in the categories of like I get to have the, I guess the privilege to pass as you would say. So. You know what I mean? And it's like, right now I'm just trying to live by example, which is I can love a woman, I can love someone who is non-binary or a man or however they identify on screen or off screen. And that is okay. And I am part of that. And like, I just do it by example without having to like push it down people's throat. And like, you know what I mean? Defend myself or defend who or why I love them. And it's, yeah. it sucks that you have to do that. Like I, but I think, I think the industry is moving towards a more open-minded when it comes to that. We're writing a lot more characters that love differently, who are not even differently. They just love who they love. It isn't about like separating them. It's just about realizing that we're all human and we have stories and love people. That's it. Yeah. I love Schitt's Creek uh, kind of uh, take on things. It was so great. The whole, you know, wine, uh, you know, red wine, uh, white wine, um, that uh, that Dan Levy did was just brilliant. Um, we're people. Who cares? You know, get over it and move on to things that are more important uh, to talk about. Um, okay, I appreciate uh, I appreciate that because I think from the acting perspective and for people who are watching, it's important, and I want to put them at ease and at the same time show them reality of what is happening. Um, for sure, it depends yeah. on the project. Like your your question to answer, like. Sometimes you're going to be boxed in and sometimes you won't, but you want to work with the people who are giving you the opportunities to show different aspects of yourself and they don't want you. You don't want them either. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a very important uh, lesson, right? We don't want every acting role that uh, comes across uh, us. You know, some may be wrong. Some may be uh, just in bad timing and some you may not want to work with. Um, so it's, it's great. You don't have to take everything just because it's offered. Exactly. I've definitely not said yes to everything I've been offered. There's so Good. many different things that come into 
into play when it comes to choosing the right job because ultimately that is out there forever. It is your face attached to a project, attached to something you're saying, something you stand for. You're going to be interviewed about it and you better have something to say. And if it's something that's ultimately like wrong or it's harmful or discriminatory, then why would you want to be associated with that? Yeah. Um, I was offered to play, and I found that humorous uh, at first because I was offered to play a young uh, uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, and I thought that was hilarious because I looked nothing like Vladimir Putin. Right. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, aside from that, would I want to be associated with the project where I'm playing Vladimir Putin? And the answer is no, I don't. Uh, yeah. so, That's I'm like, hey, the story happened and it needs to be yeah. told. It yeah. needs to be told in a certain way that you're not just like, yay, Putin, not that way, just like there are stories that need to be told. But sometimes you're like, I just don't want to be the person to do that. Yep. Yeah. So I said no. Um, let's, um, you know, from Putin, let's get into the uh, the, <laughs> the the more interesting and uh, entertaining things in life. Like I found uh, in doing my kind of deep dive, I knew I found that you're a Harry Potter fan. I am too. I still <laughs> can't make my kids read the books. They've seen the movies, thankfully. I can't make them read the books. I don't know why. I'll work on it. Um, it's an overwhelming I, read. It's like you got this amount of time to read. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, you kind of do. But still, I mean, it's 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 yeah. a book. I don't care how thick it is. It's Harry Potter. Once you start reading the first few pages, you're hooked. You gotta, you, you, it's gonna fly anyway. Um, <laughs> so I know, um, you know, you have you had the the Sorting Hat uh, thing? Because I actually went to Universal where I had that. And, oh, well, I never got to do the physical thing, but a lot of the fandom loves doing these like tests of like what house you're in. I found that I'm actually from Hufflepuff. Um, I feel like Brooklyn is Gryffindor. I thought I was Gryffindor, and then I was like, no, I am Hufflepuff. It's true. Uh, the, the story that actually put me in in Gryffindor, uh, which which was cool because I think of myself as the original Harry Potter. I don't know if you can see the scar. Uh, oh my god, you do have a scar. Um, this is not makeup, people. This is uh, something I've had since I was, I think, you know, two years old or earlier. Wow. Uh, so when when the Harry Potter came out and I saw the book and I saw a boy in glasses uh, with dark hair and a scar, I thought, hmm, okay, wow. <laughs> something similar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know um, this story. Yeah, very cool. And then uh, yeah, I also saw that uh, you love scuba uh, and you're certified yeah. in scuba. Um, do you do any of it? Uh, you know, since coming to Canada, I haven't in a while. I, I mean, there's not a lot to see here and it's cold, so I don't really want to wear a dry suit and scuba dive, but no. um, when I travel, I try to scuba dive for sure. And it was something I did almost every weekend, at least every week when I lived in Aruba, that's where I got it. And my friends and I, that's what we used to do for fun, just go scuba diving. Different yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the uh, Kim's Convenience episode where uh, where Appa and uh, Amma oh, went. Too. Yeah, that's in the new season. Oh. Such a good show. Yes, uh, I'm so happy that they, you know, they got it. Uh, they got it for I think two more seasons. Uh, it got yeah. that picked up. Um, speaking of which, uh, again, it's it's thanks to uh, Sujit uh, who uh, who kind of introduced uh, me to you. I'm really happy uh, um, that I got a chance to uh, to do that deep dive because I saw, you know. Uh, you see the outer uh, shell of the, as furs, but then you get to know uh, the type of person and 
that was the part that excited me and uh, made me want to speak to you because of everything that you're putting out into the world of all of the you know even though it's a full spectrum but you're putting out love and positivity and acceptance and support for people who need it and i think that's a beautiful um, beautiful combination and i really appreciate it to get to know that yay me too that's what i live for it's i think we need more of that in the world and yeah i'm happy to like be a source of whether it's a chat or an encouragement or anything i definitely feel like i help them and they help me every day <laughs> yeah Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, thank you to uh, to Oreo, and thank you to everybody. <laughs> he needs There's, to, to eat yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> thanks uh, for everybody who uh, who's uh, tuning in. Thanks for um, showing your support. We really appreciate it. Uh, comment. We want to know what you think. Uh, we want to know what other questions uh, you have. And knowing uh, you know what I know so far of Umberly, she may be able to uh, respond to it. Um, thanks, everybody. Sure. Thank you.